Welcome to On the Road with Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from the Idle Chatter family of podcasts. I invite you to jump in and join me. Along the way, we will get to know some real interesting people in their stories, be it farming or firing orders. These folks are passionate about growing things or making horsepower. Let's get this bad boy fired up and head off to Destinations Unknown. Welcome to On The Road. This is your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in New Jersey. And today, I traveled, I think, I looked at the odometer. I've been here many, many times. And each time, I guess I changed lanes a couple more times because it's a little bit different on mileage. I'd say it's about 100, 192 miles from our home, from the home farm. And I went out Route 80, I-80, down to I-81 towards Harrisburg and then headed east. And I'm over in the Mount Joy area of Pennsylvania. And I know I got a lot of listeners in this area. When you say Mount Joy and you say Elizabethtown and you're a farmer, there's a family name that comes to your mind almost immediately. And especially if you farm with a blue tractor, a red tractor, or that new orange tractor. And, I, and that is the Mezic family. So I am at the, I am on the road today is gonna be to the Mezic family. And I have three members of the Mezic family here and I am at their brand new facility. They have a gorgeous, gorgeous facility and we're here recording and we're gonna hear the story of the Mezic family and how they got involved with selling equipment, their background. They've been in business for, for over 70 years now. So it's a family that's rooted in history and in passion for agriculture and machinery, but they're really gonna be more a agricultural show today than a machinery show. So welcome, Mezix family, to On The Road. Thanks for coming, Ray. We're, we're glad to have you this morning. We never quite know what we're gonna get when we get something out of New Jersey, so. Oh, that's right, I know. it's you. <laughs> well, first of all, I, you need to learn how to spell, pronounce Mezic. It's mess Messick. Oh, no okay. Z in it. It's an S. Hey, I'm from New Jersey. Hey, what do you want? You, know, you got a wise guy here, you know? Yeah, so it's Messick, and I'm saying Mezix. Yes. Okay, Messix. Messick. That's right, because it has no Z in it. All right. All right. So that's that's the New Jersey. All right. All right. I'll, all right. And then and we have someone else. Yeah, Kevin Messick. Kevin Messick. Yeah. So this is your father, correct? Yes. Yep. But there's some other Messicks right. that, that are not here today. Right. Well, I have, a, I have another son, Lucas, and uh, he's our, our CPA accounting guru here in the business. But also, I have another brother, Bob, and uh, Bob and I have been in the business at least probably 50 years. I mean, we grew up as kids, you know, working in the business. And so, uh, yeah, and so he's uh, more the sales guy. He's out on the road. He's still act. He's 75. Wow. And he's still active sell actively selling. And he loves to visit his customers, and he has wonderful relationships with his customers, and he just really enjoys going out and selling equipment, seeing what they need, and just following up with them, and just talking about life with them. Well, that's that's what that's what it's all about, because you because your your dad was a farmer, and you grew up on a farm, correct? Right, dad's dad was a farmer in the Middletown, Dolphin County area, and of uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, just. Uh, 25 miles from here. Okay, 25 miles. And uh, they had a, a, a dairy herd. They were Guernsey farmers. Oh, Guernseys. Yep. And uh, 
just a little history thing there. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Hershey chocolate. My grandfather and Mr. Hershey uh, used to go to Guernsey uh, dairy meetings together. Well, so, so Mr. Hershey from the Hershey, was actually a farmer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they had farms. Yeah, they, I didn't know they, that. They had their own farms and provided their own milk for the chocolate factory. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, that's a that's a side shoot there. But, uh, yeah, he was a, a, a family member of 13 in his family. He was number seven. And, of course, when you have that many kids on the farm, somebody got to go somewhere else and find right. a job. And uh, he was always fascinated by equipment. He always enjoyed running equipment in the field. And so uh, International Harvester contacted him and said, would you be interested in, in becoming a dealer? And so then that, the wheels started turning and shortly thereafter they built a building and opened up in 1952. Wow. So, well, yeah. Now was the, was the building, it was not on the farm? It was no, no, it was, um, no, it was, Closer to here than it is okay. to the farms, but uh, yeah, about about five miles from here. And how long did he farm and do the implements? Well, for a while, yes, they farmed and did the implements at the same time. So um, I would say maybe two year time. There was about okay. a two year transition time until they, they saw that they were busy enough. And so, uh, yeah, so they took off from there. So that was International Harvester. International Harvester. And then wow. a couple of years later, New Holland came along. Okay, wow. So, that, that's very very interesting yeah and now your two sons they grew up in this in the, in the in the equipment business right well they did they all had their summer jobs of mowing grass and putting parts away and putting uh, trying to put things together yeah. <laughs> now 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 who's older here uh, I am Neil's the oldest Neil's yeah. the oldest and how much younger I don't need your age how yeah much? it's okay no I'm four years younger four years younger so was he a good big brother or was he a real slave driver yeah, he's a good big brother. Yeah, good like every big brother had his moments, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, got so along pretty well. So you're putting parts away and doing all of that, huh? Uh, I mean, we did growing up, right? We all had periodic summer jobs and that kind of stuff in here. I, I think one of the greatest things that our family probably did for us in the, the course of growing up and working here was making us all go get jobs elsewhere. Um, so yeah, we, we did work here, but I probably have worked in four other businesses than what I have here at Messick's. And and what and, and what uh, what were the other jobs? I worked for a company installing sound and computer networks and oh, okay. in the schools for a while. I, I sold computers at Circuit City at one point. Oh wow! It sounds like a, a country bridge, western song. Bridge yeah. engineering company. It's yeah. Wow. It's, uh, uh, so yeah, I had, Kevin was an engineer, yeah. an HVAC yep. engineer for a oh, while. Wow. So um, yeah, it was a, a great asset to us to to work here and have right. familiarity with the business, but also go out and learn skills elsewhere right. that we could bring back. And how long were you away from the business full-time with, with those other other op, uh, other jobs before you came back full-time? Yeah, for me, it was only a year. Okay. Um, so I, I went to Messiah College, got a mechanical engineering degree. Okay. Um, after that, yeah, dad said, you got to work for somebody else first. So I went and got an engineering job for a year and, and enjoyed that, um, but just found uh, better opportunities with the family, so. right. Well, that's that, that that's wonderful, you know. And you know, as I was saying before, we even started to turn on the mics today. Is that you know, the, one of the purposes of doing the on the road show is to you know inspire people to aspire to something. And I think that's a common mistake that so many people make in agriculture, is that they um, 
the younger the younger members of the family have no outside experience other than just being on that particular farm mm -hmm. and i think that's uh it's very important to go out someplace else and this way at least you know when you come back that you really want to be back and you know in agriculture we always say well we always did it that way right we get the opportunity to see it how how somebody else does something and, I, and you also bring back to the business a vantage and a viewpoint from other industries and I think yeah. that that's and that that's very very important, especially like you with the HVAC background in engineering when you put this facility up. So uh, you know, bring bring that to the table, which we're going to discuss. So that that is what. So uh, now, did you did your nephews do the same thing? Did your brother have your nephews do the same thing? No, not no. They came right into the business. That was their choice. That was their choice. Uh, it was the thing. I my wife and I really wanted the kids to work somewhere else, experience another job. But uh, but we just didn't want them to feel that this was an obligation. Right. So they all went to college, all graduated from college, got out, and uh, you know whatever the job they took was something in their, their field of study. And uh, my youngest son Lucas, he worked for an accounting firm, and he just went through a couple tax seasons, and he just says, Dad. I just can't do another tax season. <laughs> can, I, can I join the business? And yeah, I yeah. said, you're more than welcome. Yeah. So, and it was amazing. I think as, as each of the kids came back into the business, there was things already sitting there waiting. Like Neil, when he came back into the business, things were becoming more and more computerized right. and, and all that. And so, boom, he was a perfect fit, fit for, that. for that. And Kevin, when he came into the business, our business was expanding, we were buying other dealerships, and I was getting overworked with managing whole good inventories and things like that, and with his detail base, you know. Right, engineering base, because yeah. I'm an engineer, a mechanical engineer. Okay. But and, I was in the auto industry. And they're always focused on details, and right. so that was really good in there. And then, of course, when Lucas came into business, as the business was growing, we, we just needed a a better accounting and because right. I at one time I was doing and see that's where my brother and I split responsibilities I think it was really good because he was on the front end of the business with salesmen I was on the back, back end, end of the business right and I was dealing with all the finances and and employee relations I payroll I did payroll for a while I mean I, you know just everything. Right. everything every small it's a small business or a farm makes no difference that's you right. wear many different hats uh, yep and so now, as but then as the business grew, we got people involved and stuff, and then I gave started to give those responsibilities away. So, that's, yeah, that's great. So let's turn the clock back now. So 1952 is when when your dad started the business, right? Right. So that probably the the germination was probably around 1951 or so, and then it came to fruition in '52. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you remember the first day when they opened that store? No, I wasn't living. Well, oh. yeah, I was living, but I was like one year. Okay. So, what is I was, your earliest '51? What so. is your earliest memories of that store? My earliest memories were dad's open houses and showing old films and serving pancakes. Oh, that's and where you get the pancakes from. It's a family <laughs> thing. Oh, this, this has been going on forever and ever and ever. A anyway, those were some of the first memories. Uh, as far as my first jobs I, I had, um, I remember I, I would, dad would say, the sinks are dirty. Go wash right. out the sinks. sinks. So I'd go back and I, I remember it was Ajax 
You yeah, 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 yeah. My sprinkle. father used to brush his teeth with that, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle the Ajax into the sink and just scrub it until it was clean. Yeah. Well, it didn't go a minute or two, and the mechanic walked in and washed his hands, and of course... It was dirty again. It was dirty again. Right, right. So, yeah, so I washed sinks for a while. Now you know what mom felt like, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, get, get dirty. so now, the, 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 um, so your brother is a few years older than you. Bob's, yeah. And uh, do you remember, like, table talk, you know, family talk about the first, the dad talking about the first tractor he sold? Was What was, do you, do you know what the first implement, was it a tractor or was it an implement that he sold? Do you know? Uh, I remember the first thing that was sold was a tractor. A tractor. And in our area, you know, we have a lot of very conservative Mennonite Amish people in our area right. and the first tractor he sold um, went to a very fairly conservative Mennonite okay. and it it didn't go too well for the church that he bought a tractor. Oh, okay. And so there was like, is it coming back? Is it staying? Is it coming back? Is it staying? Well, so they gave him a hard time then? Well, gave the, the customer a hard right, time. Right, right, the customer, yeah, right, the yeah. church gave him a hard time. Yeah, yeah. He was but he eventually back. kept it. Nope. And uh, it, it was a formal way. Okay, formal way. Yeah. yeah. So And it was brandy new, right? It was brand new, and a guy wanted to use it in a, a truck gardening, you know, we okay. call it truck, truck garden. Right, truck, what we call it in New Jersey, a truck farm. Yeah, truck farm. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that was the first tractor he sold, and then it. Then it yeah, right. Then you didn't. Right, it's always the first one. That, the yeah. first one. The first one that you remember. Now, do you remember the first piece of equipment that you sold? I uh, first piece of equipment I sold was a Cub Cadet. A Cub Cadet. Yep, and uh, I remember taking it out, and we drove it drove it around the 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 property. Property like well, I have another story to tell. But anyway, we drove, took it out, and drove it around, and the guy looked at it. Looked the, the, at the, it the potential customer. Yeah, property. potential customer. I had to demo it to him, and and uh, eventually, I think he pitied me, <laughs> 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 and said, "Okay, I'll buy it." So he sold it. But one one funny story, I took a, a Cub Cadet out to a fellow that uh, I showed him how to run the mower and everything, and and. Uh, I left and, and went back to the store and it just didn't go five minutes so I was at the store and I get this phone call and he's really upset. And he said, I've been driving this mower around. The grass all, isn't cutting. Yeah, the grass isn't cutting. <laughs> he never engaged it. Never engaged it. <laughs> so I went out I went out to his place and then I could see all these tires. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I put the mower in gear and he says, What's that sound? <laughs> the helicopter overhead. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, that was that was kind of a humorous story I remember yeah, no, that, for, for, through the years. That's great. Now are they still customers? Uh, that guy probably would not be living anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really surprised that, you know, with that story but it takes a little time you know specifically this is still a you know fairly rural area mm -hmm. and uh, back then you would think that somebody would have had enough exposure or experience to know that you have to engage the mower deck mm -hmm. you know I yeah. mean if it was somebody today you say well the guy came from Philadelphia New York or New Jersey and you know he didn't know he has to engage the mower deck well that probably was a situation if I remember this particular customer uh Back in that day, we were close to Olmsted Air Force Base, oh, okay. which is now Harrisburg International Airport. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And that was an Air Force Base. And so he could have been an Air Force So base. we had some military people right. around. He could have been from Brooklyn for all you know. Could have been. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> now, were your sons, did you, did you, did you guys had many different jobs. Did they ever get involved with selling equipment? Neil did. 
So I came here in sales. So it's oh, so what was your first piece that you sold? Uh, Kubota L4310. Oh, all righty. Yeah, to uh, a guy who remains one of our better customers, actually, interestingly Great. enough. So that's that's kind of cool. I get to see him pretty regularly. Does he still does he still have that tractor? Yeah, they do still have it, yeah. Yeah, well, you should give him a shout-out on the show, right? Because yeah, he's going to listen. There you go, to- Rob. You're my number one. Number one, <laughs> hey, number one. Then what about you? I never actually got sold any equipment didn't get into that you I've always kind of stayed in the back stayed in the background you yeah, don't want to deal with that huh? yeah. you don't want to deal with the dickering I didn't get into too much of that yeah no, yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. unfortunately yeah. not no, I started out actually doing warranty warranty, warranty work. work so okay. I helped out with that in college okay. from, from time to time and then like we mentioned earlier uh, worked in engineering and then the guy that did was full time doing the warranty work retired okay so he you said hey you we got a need in. here so you slipped into that so what so, I stepped in yep so now uh, when did your dad pass away uh, 2013. Oh, so very recently. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, that's eight, not, nine years ago. Right. Well, yeah. That's not that. Yeah. Much. He was so 90, he, 90 years old. Well, he was 90 years old. Yep. He worked up in in the business until maybe his early 80s. Oh wow! But he would take time off. He'd go to Florida in the winter time and. All right, so you start, he started with the one store, mm-hmm. and it was called Mezix, Mezix. Mezix. All right, <laughs> Mezix, so it was always called Mezix. Right. All right, so then what was the progression then? So we had the one store, we now you store. have what, four or five stores? Yeah, well, no, we had a move in between there. Okay, let's hear so the story. So the old store was very, very small, and it was only on about three acres of ground. That was the original? The original. So we sold that property back in, late mid 70s okay 73 74 we moved to our other location that we just moved from in 1976 already and so from 76 uh to up until just this past december so we were in there we figured out 40 45 odd years years. so that was the elizabethtown location that was the elizabethtown location and so but that that building went through Six, seven different add-ons, add-ons, yeah. modifications. Bought an existing building next to us, and so on. And then we, over the time, we just every time we would outgrow it, so we build bigger, we right. outgrow it. And as as time went on, and as as my father was getting older and older, and we had add on, and he would just say, oh, "Don't do that." <laughs> that's, that's, too, that's too much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is and getting too, this is getting too big. In nineteen fifty two dollars, he right. was thinking. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, he came through the depression, right? You know, so that was that era, you know. Right. Sure. And they didn't take too many risks no. you know, at that that time. And so then, uh, you know, we had add on here, we had on there, and then uh, about ten years ago, we built a brand new shop, and and uh, and then that that really. Uh, really gave us some breathing room but then our online parts business just really took off and then we totally outgrew that and in the meantime though during that period we had a couple dealerships in the area i had company people saying to me oh you ought to such and such is thinking about retiring maybe you ought to have a conversation with them so then i'd call them up on the phone and we'd we'd meet and i i was the one that went and did all the negotiations okay. of buying the other stores. And so, uh, yeah, so we started a store up in Abbottstown, Pennsylvania. And then we started a store in uh, Bendersville. That's Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, and then Carlisle, okay. and then Halifax. And so we have a, a hub of total of five stores 
basically makes a circle. And what is the radius of that, more or less? Uh, probably 50, 50 odd miles across. Okay. 50 miles. Okay, so you're not, you're not really competing with each other, with the, with the stores? No, no, no. Now, those locations that you that you took over, were they the same brands or were they different brands? And you, and They you, were pretty much all the same brands that we had. Okay, yeah. the same brands you had. Yeah. All right, so they, so they were basically... I mean, there's some short line. Right, right. right Zero-term right, right, Miller lines right, that right, we didn't yeah, have. Right, because, so they were Case IH in New Holland. Case IH in New Holland. And then, uh, all right, so as now, as it... As, so, you were a year or so old when they opened up the dealership. The dad opened up the first dealership. Do you remember, um, at the age that you could start to remember, I'm sure there must have been some years that were pretty tight back well, then. Well, there, yeah, we went through times and farmers were really struggling. So yeah. when they struggled, we struggled. struggled. And then, of course, it was that time period when our our floor plan interest rates, you know, were like 18%. Right in the early 80s. Yeah, and so, you really was watching your inventory, right. and uh, I don't know. We were we were f always fairly conservative, always. So we never really borrowed lots of money, money. or anything like that. So we uh, kind of made do with what we had. I I, I remember, and some of our service people joke about some of the service trucks we had. <laughs> In fact, we had we had an they old, needed service. In other words, we had an old international. Uh, travel all yeah and mechanic would put his toolbox in the back of that international travel all and oh, off oh. you go fix a bailer we actually had an old we had a, a 63 cadillac which, wow which boy i wish i had this vehicle back yeah but it was a 63 cadillac and my dad drove it for a while and i don't know something happened and they needed another vehicle and so they backed the cadillac around and opened up the trunk and put the set the guy's toolbox in the back yeah, wow and off he went and then we bought another uh, it was called a international harvester metro it looked like yeah a yeah yeah we called it the the meat wagon right. it, it was uh like a bread truck right and uh so that was that was another uh service vehicle so right. It was things that we could afford at the time, right? So that's of course. what we did. Yeah, and that, you know, and that was the and you were and that was a smart way to do it, and that's why you were able to grow and stay in business through the hard times. And and then now, um, you said that one your first tractor was a Cub Cadet that you sold. That I sold. Oh, right, that you sold. Right, yeah. and not your dad that you sold. The thing is that when did you get when did the when did the stores get involved with the Lord and Garden line? Probably with Cub Cadet, like. 61, I think, okay, was, so was the about first. Okay, so about ten, nine, ten years after Dad started. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And at that time, you know, we deliver a piece of equipment. We didn't have a trailer, so right. we, you had two planks. Okay, and you, you know, put it in the back of a pickup truck. You just drive it up. Did you ever drive it off the plank? <laughs> no, I never did that. No. I, oh, close, all right. I got close. I got scares already. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd just be getting up on the pickup truck, and the back wheel would kick the plank yeah, out yeah, the yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the, yeah. Old, the old, that ain't going nowhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> now, um, so your, your mom, uh, how long was she alive? When did she pass? Oh, she passed, let's see, at the so 2011. Was a, oh, a little bit before yeah. your dad. And she was the secretary, did payroll. Okay, so she. And so, yeah, we had a regular family affair going So on. it truly was a family passionate yeah. business. Yep, and my yeah. aunt helped mom. Wow. And, and, but we always, they talked more than they worked, we sound oh. like. 
two sisters, you know. They said, <laughs> well, that's all. They worked and talked at the same time. Yeah, yeah. They were farm girls, so they worked and talked at the same yeah, time. Yeah. But you don't want to get back to the pancake thing because I have to just give a little bit of backstory, a segue for the audience because they're not going to notice. But your dealerships, have, since I have known, you've always had these wonderful open houses, right? And they're usually in January, right after the, yeah. <clears throat> the middle of January. And I've always come to the Elizabethtown location. I've never been to any other of your locations other than this new one now. And I know you always have pancakes in the morning, so that was something that your dad started, huh? Mm -hmm. I, re I remember as a kid, we would sit at home and we'd buy regular sticks of butter. Yeah. And we had a slicer and you push down the right, slicer right, so right. you get the, the butter tabs, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And I remember doing, we also had did postcards and we had a machine that had an imprint on one side and you would roll the ink across it and then you would go back and forth Probably, with it and, yeah, yeah. and make your uh, your postcard. So that you, now I know that you, you become very famous uh, for your open houses because I'm about education and and your open houses are, are not only just to show the equipment but they have an educational component to it. And a lot of dealership groups don't do that. They may have an open house where they have something or whatever or give pesticide points for listeners around other parts of the world is that in well in this neck of the woods in the united states you have to have a license to to apply chemicals on the farm so you need to take classes and maintain that license but you you were always about education and that's what really attracted me to you and then the one year i came here i came from and it's as i said in the beginning i think it's like a 190 miles one way i came five days in a row wow i actually had an itinerary i had written because i knew i wanted to get here for a certain class so i ate a lot of your pancakes all right and uh but my only complaint was you started the pancakes you, you, you should keep the pancakes going for another hour in the morning <laughs> you know because you, pancakes at 11 o'clock well you know if you're coming here you're driving three and a half four hours you know what i'm saying yeah but we switched the hot dogs out. i know you switched the hot dogs but the you know, hot dogs i want the pancakes but <laughs> so just put that in the suggestion box all right <laughs> so uh but i i made an itinerary and uh and because i saw the different classes that the different seminars you had going on and i said okay i want to go to this one and i remember you had a gentleman and i don't recall his name, but he used to work for New Holland. There was an yes, old Paul Smith. Paul Smith, yes. And he is is, is he still with us? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He was, he was just in here yesterday. Was he? he? Yeah. He was wonderful. I mean, I went to his small baler class, his big baler class. Yeah. I went to his combine class, and I, I went back and forth so many times. And and that's what really um, was my first introduction to your family's dealerships because like i say you are 200 miles away so it's not something where you know you you, you ride by it and they say that they have and and those open houses were always crowded crowded to crowded to no end and then you also had uh, part specials and sales on at the time so it really was very 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 well done and i remember i don't i don't know if i saw it this year but didn't you have a, a uh a griddle that had looked almost like a tractor or a hot rod or something that's neil's baby oh well, let's hear about that good, the hot rod. i'm a hot thing. rod farmer so you know so, <laughs> so i don't know how long ago did we build the pancake griddle so we, oh my we, ten, we cooked ten years, man. So food, food is a central part of this business <laughs> <laughs> but how come nobody's fat like me <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, look, it's good this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I, we got to the point that we were we were doing spring pancake breakfast. We were doing it for open house. We were we were cooking food all Wait, the time. Wait, spring breakfast? I oh, never we had do that. spring too. Yeah. We got to get you on those yet. You didn't get me on the list for crying out tears. <laughs> But so we, we got to the point that we felt like, you know, we, we were renting these things and it, it starts to add up. So I went and found a, a big pancake rental. So the thing's six feet long and it's got propane tanks yeah. under it. And it was great. It's but cool. It's, it is cool. It's got hay rake wheels yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, paid a couple hundred bucks for it off of a restaurant auction, but had to take it into the shop and, and have them build the metal frame yeah. under it. It's got fork pockets in the end wow. so we can move it between stores and I got a little bit of flack from dad on the amount of money that was spent on the pancake oh, he, he, he's audience can't see yes. but he's, he's got his he's got his, his hand on his chin he's rubbing his chin and he's nodding his head with the with the conservative yes yeah, it's a I'll, I'll tell you that that pancake griddle's got more mileage than yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than, than the old the old Cadillac service car <laughs> now the only thing you gotta do with those you gotta put you gotta have some flames put on the side <laughs> It is due for renovation. Sometimes they have to light it and they have to reach under it with a match, you know, to yeah, get the boom. Thing. It gets a good oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little dangerous. Yeah. So, so yeah, when they built that thing, and and I, of course, look over work orders as they come through, and I see this work order come through for the the pancake chassis and everything that he built. My goodness. I don't know. It's like twenty five hundred dollars yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just for the chassis yeah, yeah. and the wheels and the tires and stuff. But anyway, it is. Uh, well, you see, but it works. It, it is, people it in eighty three countries know it about it. They're going to come in to see it. <laughs> well, then the other thing, it's great. See, we transfer that to the other stores right. when they have their open house. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So it it is it has had miles on it. It's got miles. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's grown now since you're so interested in our pancake trailer. Yeah. It's actually part of a larger package now called the PPT. It's the Pancake Party Trailer. Oh, so we've got a whole enclosed trailer now. Wow, that, I know about that. Everything that it takes to do a big event gets packed in the back wow. of, and then it just gets pulled from store to store, and wow. you break everything out of the the PPT, the yeah. Pancake Party well, Trailer. That's, that's great. Well, I'm going to have to check that part. I'm going to have to check that out. And the thing is that, but. You know, I um, I just want to move away from that for a second, but I want to come back. Is that you're also very well known for your Christmas light display? No. And what now that was that something your dad did, or was that something you and your brother started? I may have started that. Uh, I just thought tell the audience about it. Was it, it well, what, what happened? What happened is years and years ago. Uh, just to draw attention to your business and stuff. I, we would have a tractor parked out on the hillside, and then I'd put tracer lights on the wheels. Okay. And so then uh, cars are driving past on you know, 283 on a major highway, they would see tractors sitting there with the tires going around. Well, then these guys were both in college at that time, or Neil was in college, I know. Well, then, no, we gotta make that better. You yeah. know, do something a little different. I like the pancake grill. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, twenty thousand dollars. So it got expanded, and I guess one time they had uh, a baler, and they had bales going through the air. You know, as oh wow! Or is the the Christmas display? Well, then, well, you guys take it over. Then you you know what happened after? How you uh, I mean, it just keeps growing from there, right? So you you start with with basically an animation controller, right, that allows us to control what the lights are doing. And that's your computer background. Yeah, right. So there, there's a whole orchestration of team of people behind us now. <laughs> um, but uh, we started started with simple animation, then we started doing big trees and we can make them change color and swirl around. And right, it's, our stores have always been along the side of a major highway. Okay. So everybody driving by gets to see this stuff. 
and you said, I don't know what got us into doing it to music, but we, we were watching, you know, videos on YouTube and stuff of people decorating their houses and thought, well, let's decorate our business. So the first year was a couple, you know, a little bit more investment in the equipment and the computers and the time. And it's just, it's grown and grown and grown. So at this point, I'm the electrician and computer side of it. And then Kevin and Lucas are both very musical and can okay. do a really good job of deciding what the lights do. And, so, and Lucas is the accountant, so he, the could, accountant. he could hide it. He could cook it in a book right. of books. So dad, <laughs> dad, and your, dad and your uncle don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but all that what we do then is cars come and people sometimes sit in line for an hour. Really? Uh, just to see the show. So it's not a drive-through. You come in, you sit. Like a drive-in movie. Yeah, Like exactly. a drive-in movie. And you see a, about a 15-minute show. Wow. And then at the end, then as cars leave, and Neil makes an announcement through the, the recording yeah. that, uh, that, you know, that we're accepting donations for. We have four different charities, four okay. or five different charities. That and we what, what are, do, you, do you know what, do you, do you recall what the charities are? The yeah. two, Water Street and Paxson Street would be two homeless ministries in the okay. two big cities that flank us here. Mennonite Disaster Service, MDS. Yep. And the uh, local E-Town food. Uh, yeah, food E-Town yeah, is yep. Elizabethtown. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. And over the course of, the, I don't know, eight uh, years? This is eight years now. Two, what was our total? Uh, like $320,000 wow, has wonderful. been donated. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Donated. It, it's free to come through. We just stand right. there with a bucket. Right. And uh, it's like amazing a, how generous people so are. So we, we absorb the expense right. of putting it on. And then people volunteer to man it at right. night. And then uh, all the money goes to donation. Yeah. yeah, so it's a good thing. You know, and 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 talking about volunteering, and then we're gonna get, we're gonna just go off in a slightly different direction after this. That, you know, I could say to you truthfully because I, I'm a customer of yours. When I come, I don't just eat your pancakes <laughs> and your hot dogs and don't buy anything. But uh, that I was, uh, I won one of your moving jackets. Mm. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I was at. Commodity Classic, I think, a couple of weeks ago, my wife said, you got a letter in the mail from Mezix. Did I say it right? Mezix? Messix. Messix. Okay, Messix. I'll get it right by the end of the show. All right. You know, when you say something incorrectly, it's so ingrained in your mind. So, uh, and I said, well, geez, I paid him for whatever I bought that day. I don't know. So I said, open it up. So she opens up and says, so I won a moving jacket. So I picked that up today. Okay. So you're... The, the, the parts count the man, uh, I forgot what his name was. Mark. Mark, okay. So I said to him, uh, so I was asking, I said, what is the story about the moving jacket? And then he had told me that when you were moving into this new facility where we are right now, which is only a couple of months, but December 17th or something, he said, mm -hmm. that you moved here, and we're gonna discuss that decision, is that you needed help to move all the equipment. And you put a call out to your customer base to see if they wanted to come and help move some equipment. And you, so you gave them a jacket as a gift for that. But he also told me that you had so many people come that you had to turn some away. So if that's not a testament, and that's why I'm sharing with the audience of how your family has connected with the, with the community, because how many, it's a, it's a very rare commodity for a, a customer to come and give of their time, especially, you know, that time of year is a busy time of year. Uh, if you're a dairy farmer or if you're, everybody's life is busy today, sadly, and to have such a relationship with your customers, that, that's, that's, that should be very humbling to you that I don't think that many 
dealerships of or any many businesses of any type could 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 boast that. So I'm glad that oh, thank you. I'm glad that he told me that, and that just shows that what Dad started so many years ago, your dad, and with your brother going out on in the road and and having that sincere goodwill, not phony goodwill, that proved that proved your bond with the customers, and I think that that is that's fantastic, especially in 2000. Well, I was 21, but it's 2022 now. Yeah. So. Uh, well, thank you for that. I yeah, the customers just. Uh, for that for that event was was really really neat and then my my wife she kind of followed we had to do it in 25 groups of 25 okay and so there was 25 that left and my wife was able to follow one of the groups down through and she said people were sitting in lawn chairs in their yards watching the oh like a parade it was a parade yeah yeah yeah, and uh, she said she really got teary. She said yeah. it just was. Well, it's a wonderful thing. So, it's a, so it's neat a, to see these everybody. First of all, the tractors doing it, and then the the, the community coming out and just waving to all the guys, right, supporting you, right? Yeah, yeah. So. No, I think that's that's wonderful, and like I said, it speaks volumes of your relationship and your standing in the community and and with and, and with and with your customers. So now I see there's a picture behind me of your facilities from 2007. That's our Abbottstown store. Okay. Now, wh why was that a, a monumental year for that? Yeah, I think that was the 20th year. No, no, 92, I think. Okay. I'm not sure. It was a. It was an anniversary of something. An kind. anniversary of something, maybe 15 years. Okay. Something 15. like that. So the okay. only store that. So this store now, this is Mount Joy. Joy Mount Joy. So the Elizabethtown store. So every, you still have everything else. This is just the the mothership, now. right? And right. Elizabethtown was always the always the mothership, right? Right. Right. So now, when did you start to? Uh, because this stuff doesn't pop up overnight, these buildings. So when did the plan, the business plan, start to move out of a? Uh, I'd say we start talking about it probably in 2017. In 2017. Yeah. So, so 2017. Then did you own the land where it is here now, or do you have to buy that? That's a about the time when we bought you bought the it. land yeah and how many acres is here so this is what 28 i believe should shy at 30. 28 okay. and then like another four over there okay yeah something okay so and then so that's when the planning started yes that's, that's when it started yeah our, it started. our managers kind of came to us and said you know forecasting in inventory growth and forecasting you know how many new employees we're going to need and we just kind of looked at our current facilities and said uh this isn't gonna work okay. <laughs> we this couldn't park all yeah. we couldn't people couldn't find places to park yeah they came to work so. oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. Now, so now at so 2017 uh at that particular point just more or less i mean I'm not, I'm not being nosy the thing is that how much of your business would you say at that at this facility or the old facility it replaced was agricultural what are, what is your business mix of agricultural of lawn and garden and construction because you do sell some construction lines right at this point it's probably not quite half 50 percent ag okay about a quarter construction that's grown substantially and then about a quarter in the consumer yeah. consumer are oh, you call consumer i call lawn and garden okay so still 50 percent ag so the point that i'm getting at in 2017 when you decided to to envision this and you did your projections 50% or so of your customers were in agriculture, and out of those customers, how many would you say were in dairy? I'm leading you down to a point. <laughs> Probably 20%. So about so about 30% were row crop or 
poultry people or livestock yeah. and about 20 percent because 2017 wasn't a good year for dairy right Dairy's been tight for the last five years. I mean, yeah, I mean that's, really what that, that's what I'm getting at. So to to make that that move with your conservative nature, you're, you're saying, well, geez, twenty approximately twenty percent of my customer base is you know hanging hanging on by the by the, the you know the skin of their nails. They're hanging on, and you still and you still decided to, to make that move. So when you decided to make that move, then this building is, when I went to your open house here, or the, uh, what did you say, it's 217,000 square feet? Something near that? Roundabout. Yeah. Roundabout. Did it start out that big? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the E-Town store was 110. Right. So, I mean, by dealership standards, that's enormous, right? right? Um, so yeah, it, you know, you talk about dairy markets and everything, there's a point here that we've been doing this long enough that you just kind of have to put your head down and trust your numbers. Right. Right. Um, and we get advice from a lot of other people that we're not making stupid decisions and stuff too, but um, there, there's always going to be concerning things in the of world. Of course. Right. And so we, we trust what we hear from our customers and the direction of our business. And, you know, it, sometimes you have to leap. So. Right. And sometimes dad and your uncle have to just close their eyes and say, show me where I signed the check, right? <laughs> that's in their ballpark now. Oh, that's how they're signing the They're so, signing the check. Oh, so you close their eyes. And just, okay, just no, no, move your hand to the right a little bit. Don't worry about how much it is. So now this was such a monumental undertaking and it was the impetus for me to, to, to actually talk to you and ask you if you wanted to be on this show because it proved to me, as I said at the beginning, it made such a, it's make it shows such a commitment to agriculture because you're saying 50% of your business is agriculture, uh, such a commitment to agriculture to to make that leap using your words, and to buy the land and to envision putting this building together. So it's more than double or about double the size of the facility it replaced. So when this first started to come together and you had all family meetings, did you? Did you envision doubling it to, to, to 217,000 square feet? Or how did it get to that particular point? Because it's quite a massive facility. So there's a little bit of history in that probably okay. in that, you know, like Dad said here, they've gone through six and seven different renovations on the E-Town store. Uh, the last one of which that wasn't all that long ago was 40,000 square wow, feet in and of itself. And I, I think what a little bit of time had shown us was to you, you identify the need to you get it through the planning process and the permits in order and get it constructed and and actually get there it, it felt like every time we were growing as soon as we moved into these buildings we were at capacity again okay. um, yeah it's kind of like the business would follow it, it, so. it really would so if we were sitting at e-town at one hundred and ten thousand square feet four years ago well goodness at the day that we move we think well that we need 150 and if we actually want a little bit of headroom this time right, uh, this is where we ended up um, and we're here, and there's a lot of a lot of unpacking to do, and a lot of getting comfortable. But you, you can look around, and you can see there's spots that it's starting to fill up. Yeah, um, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. Because I went on the tour with your open house, and uh, now you started to build it. So when, so didn't you? If I remember, didn't you break ground right just about when COVID started? Uh, we would have been well into COVID at that yes, point. Like, so. Yeah. It would have been what was sitting here in twenty twenty. Yes, when gra ground was broken. Yeah. Okay, so so COVID was basically like March of twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. I'm sorry. Yes, 
2021. Yes. January of 2021. Oh, so you were so you were well into COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Did that yeah. cause a lot of sleepless nights? I, maybe for the contractors, the general contractor more than us, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's there's guarantees, there's timelines, there's okay. subcontractors, there's all this stuff involved. I, the one thing I think we would keep hearing from them was just an explanation that you know your consumer and commercial supply chains are a little bit different from each right. other, and they didn't have the scale of disruptions on the oh, commercial side. Okay. So, uh, the funny thing I think you could throw out just last week we finally got the springs for our garage doors which are <laughs> yeah. supposed to have been here nine months ago yeah, i yeah, think yeah. so yeah. It, it wasn't without its hiccups but um i think we were we were very fortunate very fortunate uh, it's just funny story my my wife booked a trip for my family to go to disney world okay. and then the production the, the schedule for the building came out and yeah. wasn't the opening day the same day that i was supposed oh, to be at disney yeah, yeah. and i kept telling my wife there is probably no safer date on the calendar yeah, because yeah, there is yeah, no yeah. way this is going to hold right right and uh didn't it i, I had to cancel my disney oh, trip. really <laughs> So did she go without you or no? No, 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 they, they, we rescheduled it. But. Yeah, you rescheduled it, right. So, uh, because, I mean, that was such a, you know, trying time and to get involved and, and now you're, you know, the, the, the bullet left the barrel of the gun, you bought the land, you got the planning and you, 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 you already start to build it and, uh, it's uh, like I said. I know. I, to me, I would have some have some some sleepless sleepless nights. Now, did you have to put a lot of staff on when you came to this facility, or, or did you have enough staff prior to it? Well, it's like any other business right now where everybody's looking for, for people. Yeah. And I I know we can, we probably could really use almost at least 10 right away. Really? Okay. Yeah. In, in, in what areas? Uh, basically, parts shipping. So we'd have a total of 20, I, yeah, I do the employment postings. There it was about a 20 to 25 open positions right wow. now. Um, about a dozen parts technicians service in almost every department. Um, some back office roles okay. yeah there, there's there's a lot there's a lot yeah. of need yeah now when i went on the tour of this facility at your open house uh the person who was giving the tour i forgot who it was uh and they said that you have a very dynamic and thank thankfully it's wonderful you have a very dynamic mail order business we, we do and i think that's one thing that the business changes every year right so you know you talk about dairy struggling locally the one thing that changes for us is we seem to reach further and further and further away all the time right so you know as there's struggles in in local areas other maybe somebody's local dealer goes out of business or whatever and they, they start searching the internet oftentimes they find us and and the one thing that we've gotten very good at is taking care of people who are nowhere near us right um credit our parts department right when, when they first when we first opened up a, an e-commerce website and they started picking up the telephone and the guy was from california they they treated him just as seriously as they did somebody walking up to the counter and 15 years of, of doing that kind of business we've developed quite a reputation for doing that kind of thing and uh it, it grows and grows every year well, it's it's you're, you're taking the same approach that your uncle is doing, right? Going out, he's physically going out and seeing the customers, your brother, mm -hmm. right? And you're doing that obviously over the telephone. And I and I believe you uh, sell parts around the world, right? We do, yeah. And, and I mean, you hit on something important there. It's not that you're just like selling parts, right? Because anybody can sell, sell parts. parts. It, it's old school customer service, right? Right. It's the fact that we take care of people, right? It's not just selling them stuff. It's helping them figure out what's wrong with my machine. How do I tear this thing down? It's, it's and advice, you don't need to buy the whole thing. You just buy this piston. Right. 
instead of just buy. And a matter of fact, I heard that I, when I was waiting for you to come down and meet me when I was getting my free moving day jacket, even though I didn't move anything, uh, is that I heard one of your parts person talking to someone on the phone. And obviously, I don't know where, whether they were local or they could have been halfway around the world. And uh, he was looking up in the parts. And he says, "Well, that looks like the whole that looks like the whole cylinder, the whole unit, six hundred seventy dollars. I don't think that you need that." You know what I'm saying? Let me dig, dig a little bit deeper. And he says, oh, I, I found this. I was just eavesdropping. And he says, I found I, the, you know, the, the cylinder you need is $288 or $290. So it was that same, that, same, that same mindset. So now, please tell the audience how they could find you, because we do have audience all around that are going to be listening to this. And you sell parts for Case IH, right? Case, New Holland, Kubota. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything else? So those are the majors, and then um, I mean we pride ourselves in a, a long, long list of short lines, right? There's um, a lot of small companies out right. there that, that make fantastic stuff, um, and we support all of them in sales and parts okay. and whatever. So the, I mean the website's messix.com, right? There's a lot of resources there, and it's uh, messix, not mezix. M e s s i c k apostrophe s dot com. No apostrophe. No, no apostrophe. No apostrophe. No apostrophe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and no yeah, Z's. Yeah. I say we, we would probably pride ourselves most, not at, not in that, but it's the, the people picking up the phone and actually doing the work on the backside that really make the whole thing work, right? Yeah. So there, there's an 800 number, there's hotlines to get you straight into okay. the parts department and stuff. And um, and what are the hours that that's, uh, that that's open? Uh, our business hours, is 7.30 okay. to 5 throughout the oh, week. So, so, you, so basically you don't do any extended telephone hours for West Coast? Uh, we talked about it, but it's staffing okay. that gets hard. Then, yeah. okay, all right. So people know, and they, and and you didn't find uh, that the shipping costs were an issue for the for the for the customer. Uh, I mean, we do, we do a lot of shipping volume, right? So we we get good discounts good, good for okay. FedEx and that kind of stuff, and that, um, that's passed on. So it uh, makes it yeah. And a lot of times we have places that we save money too, right? I mean, you you've been through our inventory, right? Yes. We stock. Uh, an enormous amount of inventory. And so a lot of times, while you might be paying a little bit more in order to ship an item, you're gonna save on inbound right. freight or next day air. Right. Or, you know, you're not gonna buy a package quantity of something right. from someone else yeah. that has to order it that way where we have broken down quantities. So there's savings that happen too because of the way that we do business and the sheer scale of things. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's shipping costs involved. Right, and I know also um, that you also buy some oil in bulk in, uh, from viscosity, right? And you re, mm-hmm. re, re, repackage that. We do. Yeah. And uh, so, what do you buy in totes? Uh, tankers. Tankers. Yeah, yeah. So there's tankers that will pull up to the side of the building, and then we have a huge oil distribution system, and anything from five gallon buckets on up, plus on farm delivery and everything for bulk fluids. So that's so that, that, that that's important because you're able to uh, then pass that cost saving on to the customer also. So yeah, I mean when you're dealing in large quantities like that, it's a competitive market, right? right. So now, so you have this is all coming together. It's 2017. You have a family powwow, right? And decide that you, you know, I think you probably intrinsically knew you had to do something at that particular yeah, a, point. A couple powwows, yes. A couple so of Not just one powwow. No. All right, so now, you know, one of the, when I came in, I saw all the thought that, and, and you're, you're an HVAC engineer by trade, so you have experience in the construction trade. Sure. Yep. And when I saw, <clears throat> there's one thing that becomes very apparent to an outsider, specifically when I went on the, when I went on the tour, that there was so much thought put into this facility, and there's going to be people listening to this show that are that have tractor dealers, maybe in Montana, the dealer group, is that what came to my mind is that did you do a lot of 
uh, due diligence as far as visiting other people's locations? Uh, did, did, did New Holland or Case or Kubota get involved and give you some sort of direction? Because everything that I looked, that was shown to me showed that it had a lot of a lot of brain cells burned up to get to that particular point. It wasn't just hodgepodge. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I know when that I like to do due diligence and I could just see the, that did you go visit a lot of dealerships in other parts of the country or how did you go sure. about it? Yeah, there's certainly lots of brain power that went into a plan like this. Uh, there's certainly our general manager and our operations manager probably did the, the bulk of that. Um, and then they would have spent a lot of time with uh, other internal managers discussing plans. But uh, outside of that, yeah, uh, we're part of different dealer association groups. Okay. Um, and oh my, I mean, they've, uh, our operations manager's been doing it for years where they, they go around, they tour other dealerships. Okay. And yeah, he's been doing this for years right. and would have seen lots of different facilities and had the opportunity to tour them. So yeah, we got ideas from lots of different right, places. Right, exactly. Um, and then even with our, our uh, shelving situation and what we do back in shipping and receiving, uh, we would glean from the companies that specialize in those areas as far as warehousing right. uh, solutions. Uh, we would glean information off of them, ideas off of them. Um, and as well as other dealers. And yeah, at E-Town, e we've done many renovations in the past right, so you, and right. at other stores. And you know, over time, you figure out what works, what doesn't. Right. And yeah, yeah because with something like this, it's fun doing it. The, it's fun buying it the first time. The second time, it's not fun. Right, yeah, you want to do it right the first time, for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, when I went on the tour, uh, I think the person said, did you have like, what, three miles worth of shelving or something? Did I have that correct? It's a couple miles. It's three miles of shelving. Yeah. yeah. So three miles apart shelving. Mm -hmm. That's a, I mean, to try to get all those SKUs in and realize what you need and what you should inventory. And what, so what is the metric that you use more or less for deciding what you, you look at turnaround, turn time? Inven inventory turns for the most part is what drives what's in the shelf, right? Okay. It's, uh, uh, parts is all a numbers game. Right. It's a big numbers game, right? So the the metric that we use is once it's sold three times in the course of the year, we should have at least one sitting on the shelf for the okay. next time that it happens. And then you you deal with dead inventory and all that right. kind of stuff from some of the mistakes of that. Right, you know, of course. Not, There's always going to be some dead wood here. Not not a perfect system. But no. um, yeah, it's, it's we use three sales as our metric for keeping it on the shelf. Three sales, okay. And then I saw you had, you had a whole line where the stuff goes down and gets boxed, the people box it and up and... Mm -hmm. And so that's yeah. When you have three miles of shelving, um, it's, you know, we we do a lot of uh, uh, what my job is is managing software development, right? Okay. So we write a lot of our own code and oh, stuff. Oh, do you really? Oh, absolutely. To to manage our warehouses and make sure that we're putting things in smart locations, we're counting the number of steps that somebody has to take in order to pull things together, right? It's. Uh, yeah, it, it's unique, right? There's, there's not in our business the the software that's made for dealerships doesn't account for the the kind of business that we right. do. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, probably almost like an automotive dealership software, probably close to it that you would buy. You know, like a Reynolds and Reynolds system or something. A little bit, but then like we would look at say the seasonality of business, right? right? So when we want to have those parts on the shelf is when we're going into the season. Right. So, you know, it, we sold three of them, say it's a, a mower blades, right. take something really obvious. We don't want those mower blades to arrive here in December where we're not going to sell right, them. Exactly. We want them here right before right. the season. So we're we're customizing to adjust for seasonality and for, for just things that are unique right. to us. And you guys, do a gr you guys do a great job because the times that I bought things from you and his, and uh, I mean for full disclosure I never bought anything over the, over the mail I've always waited till I've come here and you know took it home with me and uh, 
but you've always had what I needed. You know what I'm saying? And even I bought a tractor from you guys. My wife is a kindergarten teacher. I, I, I have a blue tractor. So, but I ended up getting the red one, the little battery-operated tractor for the kids yeah. to drive. <laughs> so I, I came and I bought, I bought that from you at the open house a couple of years back in the old facility. But now, if you, if you, now moving forward, I just got to ask you a question. Did they have you design the HVAC system? No, I got to stay out of that. You got to stay out of that? <laughs> I looked at it. Right, like, yeah, it looks at, good to me. You looked at so, so this way, if the temperature is not right, you go, hey, I don't know anything, right? Well, I got a couple questions here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull out the drawings. I know what I'm right, looking at. But right. Yeah, I got to stay out of that. So now on a facility like this, are you bringing in 440 volts or what are you... What, what kind of power do you bring into a facility like this? I'm a mechanical engineer, not electrical oh, engineer. Oh, right. sorry. <laughs> it is, it's 480, I believe. It's 480, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it's... Now, do you have a backup generator? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a massive one. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know the specs on that, Neil? Uh, gosh, it's like 1,600 horsepower or something. There, no, oh, no. that thing's enormous. Where is that? I didn't see I that. I don't know. You probably could tell us way more about it than what yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. When does it do its exercise? You don't even know, huh? Uh, Monday mornings. Monday yeah, morning. I have yeah. to come by on Monday, listen yeah. to it. So now we're going to get back to the, the get away from the new building for a little bit and the and 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 the uh, the passion that you put into this building. Because all the brain cells that you guys burned up just shows that you're so passionate and really, really, you you live this business because otherwise you wouldn't be putting that much love into it. Uh, so your dad started with, with International Harvester, which became Case, Case IH, right? And then you said you took on New Holland. At that particular point, New Holland and Case were not together, right? They were competing, they were. Right. So, um, and did, did your dad get much flack from Case that he was taking on another another brand under the under the roof? Well, back when New Holland came out, what, what happened is uh, our customer base. We were having to go out and help farmers with their New Holland balers. Okay, but we didn't have parts, and but we had good mechanics. Right, and so the pressure was. My dad started putting pressure on New Holland, say, you know. We need you. We need your line, you know, to for parts, parts. to because we're going out and fixing your product. So right. And so, yeah, I think there was some. I remember times when uh, the international harvester uh, rep would come come by, and he would go out and he would write down. Well, there's four New Holland balers here, and you, you only have one international harvester baler on order, you know. Yeah. And I I remember him vividly seeing a four and a one, you okay. know, on paper. And, you know, six more conditioners. And maybe you had three international. Okay. Well, the it was product driven. I right. mean, we just felt it was a, a better product. A lot of people identified with New Holland because we're just 30 right. miles down, saying, the road. Right down the road. Right. And everybody had like an aunt or uncle or They're somebody that worked there. Right. And so it, it just kind of happened. And then Another big move uh, back in was it ninety one? We took Kubota. On? Yeah, roundabout. Yeah, uh, we were approached by a Kubota rep and felt like this section area, this side of the county, wasn't being represented. And would we take Kubota on? And we just uh, really jumped in both feet with Kubota, and that's been a wonderful relationship as well. So, yeah. Now um, the. The, since Case, Case, Case IH, Case, and New Holland are, are basically owned by the same parent company now, mm -hmm. uh, Stellantis, 
All right, so uh, they keep changing the name every week. So uh, do you find um, that the two brands, uh, I notice, I know obviously as a farmer there's so much color loyalty, but it's, it's, you know, it's like with General Motors, it's hard to be a Buick or Oldsmobile guy, right, because it was all under General Motors, you could be a Buick guy. So is there a lot of... Uh, uh, there's course. some it, it's it's kind of diminishing the color thing is kind of diminishing it is it diminishing yeah. it I I think um, the generation now it's it's more like feature okay and uh, and and actually also dealer support you know but since you sell both of them would, is there ever a time that you would I, that you felt that a, a blue tractor was probably a better fit for this customer than a red tractor, or is there enough commonality within the models that you really don't see? There that? was an, enough commonality, uh, and I and I think a lot of the guys came in. They came in the store probably with a little bit of a color preference, but then said, "Well, this one's six months older and it has a better price." And okay, so kind of. I didn't, yeah, it was the and same then power a blue, trade. That a blue one was okay. Right, that a blue one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the price, the price made a big difference. Yeah. Now, um, Kubota's starting to, the past couple of years. They've been starting to get into uh, larger farm equipment, right? And uh, so your your Kubota line is that only limited to the smaller equipment, or can you? Uh, no, we do we do full line Kubota, full top line. to bottom. Okay, so th- is every Kubota dealer a full line? No. Okay. So that was something that you had to make arrangements with them? Uh, for every vendor that we have, I, I think they, as they come out with new products, they look at your ability to sell oh, to and support and whatever, them, yeah. and they're, they're contracted separately. Okay. So that's pretty typical. Okay, it's pretty typical. Okay. So now, uh, did they came out with, what was it? It's the M? M what, what the, is the big one right now right. is an M8. M8. Yeah. Okay. Have you had any of those on the lot yet? Oh, uh, yeah. What we can get. Yeah. yeah I mean, we've had get. one that's come and gone, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, they're pretty short supply. Now, is that the one that, that Versatile is building? So that's a, a com- combination between Kubota and Versatile. Right. With the, the Cummins engine in it. With a Cummins engine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that must be a pretty nice tractor. Yeah. It's, it'd be good to see some of them, more of them around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we take what we can get. Yeah. Now, have you sold any any, any Steiger quad tracks in this neck of the woods? Uh, no, we, that would be a, another dealer down the road that would have we the contract have that for those. Oh, okay, so you don't have the quad track line. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought because you were cased that you would have, you know, the whole line. Okay, I see, I see. And, uh, so now as, now, as far as short lines are concerned, something with an engine. Uh, you're a Crone dealer too, right? Mm-hmm. And are you class? Or no, just Crone. Just Crone. Okay, so you basically so things with an engine is New Holland, Case, Kubota, Crone. Uh, where do we stop? <laughs> I mean, you have yeah, in, in big stores, you have uh, Ferris. Well, you no, have I mean, uh, I mean, far, farm equipment, farm. Yeah. I should Oxbow. Oxbow. I, I think the thing that we would pride ourselves in is, is, as a company, we've not really been willing to hitch our cart to one company. Okay. Right. It's we're, we're very much a multi-line dealer. We're interested in all of these companies right. and the best that they have to offer our customers, right? What one color can't address every, everything exactly perfectly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we're, we're happy to represent all of them. And by and large, it, as long as you're doing a good job for each one of those companies and you're, They're main, all happy. you're maintaining appropriate market share, they'll tolerate one another, right? right? right. So we, we yeah. really do our best to represent yeah. everything. And I also, and as, a, as an outside observer, I also feel that 
that your family also does their due diligence and doesn't just jump on any bandwagon with somebody who comes down the line and says, I have a new piece of equipment. You know what I'm saying? We could do a better job of that. <laughs> well, he's just honest, right? We, we like shiny things, too. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, so uh, now you have this, you have your two sons involved in this. Your two nephews are involved with the business, right? What do you and your brother feel the next step in this family journey is going to be? Well, there's a saying, uh, you know, that the, uh, the the first generation finds a business, the second generation grows the business. That was my brother and I, and we grew it. And the third generation, sometimes they say, ruins the business or sells it. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, these guys have really proved proved that theory wrong, and they are, you know, growing and growing and growing the business exponentially more than what we could even dream. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, so I think the, the beauty of their relationship with their cousins, it's five of them, they re meet regularly. They, uh, they each have their own different expertise. Which is wonderful. So they're not, they're not, Neil's not trying to do Brian's job yeah. and Brian's not trying to do Neil's job yeah. and Kevin's not trying to do Lucas's job. And I think that, that has been a, a neat thing to watch as a as a dad to see these five cousins and how they're making it work you know well that you know uh, that is a testament to your family and your up your your upbringing from your mom and dad yeah. and your relationship with your brother and it's a it's a uh, testament to the way you raised your boys and the way your brother raised his children because family business is like anything. They, you, they either work great or a nightmare, and usually more of them are a nightmare than they work great. And for 70 years, the mess six, right? The <laughs> mess six family was able to hold this all together and to grow it with that same vision, with that same, with that same passion. And uh, did you ever think if, as a young man that you were not gonna go into this business and do something else? Actually, I was a school teacher. You were a school teacher, yeah. really? And when I got out of that explains I'm married to a school teacher. <laughs> when I when they I could be a pain in the neck. Oh, well, you didn't hear that, honey. When I got when I got out of college, uh, I couldn't find a teaching job. I okay, mean, they just were really hard to find, and so I did some subbing. And the days I didn't sub, I worked for Dad. Okay, and then uh, it got to the point where Dad said, "I, I need you." I I, I things. Uh, International Harvester was getting to the point where they were going to a, com it wasn't computerized, it was a tape system, inventory yeah. system. Like magnetic tape. Yeah, and he needed some help with that. Right. And so I started in on that and went to schools and stuff and learned learned that whole process and how to do orders and, and whatnot. And from, from then, then the, the teaching thing kind of went wow. by the way. side. And, and I think that's where we, my wife and I came with the idea of the boys working somewhere else. That, that was a good thing for me. And so I think uh, that's why we wanted the boys to do that. Now, what about your brother? Did he have another career before he came on board? Uh, Bob, uh, no. He, he, he went to school, uh, carpentry. Oh, carpentry, yeah. okay, wow. And uh, I, maybe he did a little bit right, of but, that. But, he, but, he, but, he, but you, and I mean, then, to oh, be no, a- Oh, no, he was a draftsman, that's he right. He was a draftsman, so yeah, he went he, to school for so, a draftsman. So he, was a car, he did some carpentry stuff, but then 
he got into drawing okay. and he would draw some homes up for my my uncle who was a builder okay and that's where and then I think dad wanted him in the business too so yeah so, and you know it was and like I said really you know it's, it's wonderful and um, I'm repeating it because I really want the audience to see the value of the path that your family took with this yeah and and the vision that your dad and your mom and dad had right and and then you know you with your wife and your brother with his wife. Now, did your wife have a career outside the business? She was a nurse. Oh, she was a nurse. Yeah. Okay, and what about your sister-in-law, your brother's wife? Uh, she was a banker. She was a banker, okay. <laughs> a bank teller. A bank teller. All right, she was in the banking. All right, so so really, it's a very, it, it, I mean, it's real, it's a, it's a melting pot of backgrounds, and that's really, I think, what the strength is here. Could be. Is that it's, yeah. you know, it's a... I, the other thing I, I really think, you know, we, we've been talking about our family a lot, but, you know, We've had some wonderful employees through the years. The police shed at that us. that just have been maybe more the key than us. Uh, yes, we're we're a hardworking family. We come to work. You know, we're we're here a lot. Now, I'm not here as much now because I'm 70 years old. But yeah. uh, but you look great. But yeah, so we you know we still come to work and we we're active. You know, we do things. And uh, but maybe at three o'clock, maybe I want to go home and mow the yard, you know, and stuff. So that cup could that with the deck with the forget to turn the, the blade on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, but yeah, just through the years, we've had some really really good employees. That uh, we have a wall out here of uh, those who have been with us for twenty five years and longer, and that's wonderful. And I think just about a well, most most of them are still with us, you know, and. Uh, Couple maybe retired, but yeah, we've had some wonderful and, and a lot of people on that wall that their their sons work here as well. Yeah, now their sons work definitely here. Definitely multi-generational. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, that. Uh, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's another saying in business which I'm sure you guys have heard. Look at the, look at the way a company treats their employees, and that is how they will treat their customers. So, uh, you know, to your point with the mail order business and having the same quality of care is that that shows that it's foundational in the in your you and your brother's mindset of how to run to how to how to run this business and that that is another key yeah. key element to, to your success so one of, one of my jobs I do right now I, I've given Kevin a lot of my work but one thing I do two three times a day I just do a walk and I just check in on people how you doing today Hey, I've, you know, I hear things are aren't so good. At, you know, you, maybe a wife is sick, or, or somebody's dealing with something, yeah, or a parent right. parent passed away, right, and right. I'm just checking in on people, right? And because just seeing, you care, and just and just seeing how they're doing. And yeah. so, I think that's, to me, that's very important. That's a job I can do, and because I know the extended family, maybe, and I know maybe some of the issues that are going on so just checking in on people and it, that's not a, it's not a job you could do it's a it's a it's a representation of your character because well, you care you know, so yeah so that's that's one thing i i i do every day well that's that that's wonderful now as we get ready to close here because believe it or not we're already over 70 minutes and we didn't even scra quick. scratch on anything is that uh I would like for you all to give, we'll start with your dad, and is that what advice can you give a younger person listening to this, or even a, a person, uh, maybe not a, a, a 
family that has a, a child 14, 15 years old. What family advice? Because to me, whether it's a tractor dealer or a farm, whether it's a trucking company, irrelevant. As far as a business is concerned, what advice from your success, from your years of doing this, could what foundational advice that you could give them that would be applied to almost anything? I, I, I think one thing that, that uh, worked for my brother and I is and advice that I would give to somebody is don't think that you can just start out doing something and, and sit in the office and just watch everybody doing the work. You sit in the office and when you see somebody struggling to do something, you get out there and you pick up, I mean, I can't tell you how many tractors I helped a mechanic push back together to get the clutch lined up. Right. Or how many guys that they were chaining a tractor down, I went out and helped them finish chaining the tractor. Instead of sitting in my office and doing my paperwork, you gotta be, take the initiative, get out there and do the work yourself sometimes. So don't think you're any better than any of your employees. You're not any better than them. You just get out and you just do the same work that they're doing, help them out, and they'll do a better job yeah. for you. I call it the general patent school of management because general patent would yeah. eat the same thing he'd be in the first he wasn't in he was in the first tank with the pearl handle pistol you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and he'd eat the same thing and have the same conditions that his that his troops did since you're next in line as far as age is concerned what advice would you give somebody because you're coming from a different generation now than that <laughs> I, ray you prodded at this a little bit but to to keep an open mind to how different disciplines can be applied to you know agriculture in our case right it's uh, the value of each of us coming, you know, me, me coming out of IT, for example, the, the opportunities to apply that kind of knowledge to, to ag is anything can come here, right? right? It's just the, the breadth of this industry is enormous. And I think sometimes we, we look at agriculture and farming and whatever and kind of pigeonhole what it is. And it's... It's it, not. <laughs> it's not, right? If, if your passion's accounting, there's a place for you in ag. If, right. if your passion's IT, there's stuff for you to do here, you know? And um, yeah, it's the opportunities are endless. And my advice, um, I would go back to our values and core foundations. And we're uh, a Christian family, and we, you know, the golden rule, we always want to try to treat people the right. way, you know, we'd like to be treated. And um, if you do that in your personal life, your work life, I think uh, the rest will follow if you treat people the way you want to be treated. So we try to do that. Well, that's wonderful. And I'm a devout Christian. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I feel that it's not about me to show, but that it's so important for us to give back and to make way a path and to make way a path for, for, for others. Uh, now, as we get ready to close, I'm gonna ask you, I'll, I'll start with your son and we'll go to, to dad and then we'll go this way left to right. What advice would you give to anybody in any business because we spoke about the core values, but to have a family get along and, and be so successful. And I'm gonna use that word successful because you have been, you've been successful by building the business, you've been successful by staying together as a family and not hating one another. You've been successful by making a livelihood for people for 25, 30 years, and for them to think so highly of your family and where they work. To, to bring their children because lots of times people say look I did this but I don't want you doing this you know what I'm saying you go someplace else so what is the magic to make a family work together regardless of what the business we spoke about what value the family brings in with different education or different background but what what is the key do you feel is 
is to make cousins and yeah. mom and dad and uncles and everybody work together. You're going to have your times. I know that. Uh, we do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're short and few yeah. and far between. But uh, to be humble and recognize your blessings, right? Um, I, this business was, we didn't start it, right? right? I mean, it, it was passed on to us by a lot of hard work. Um, we, we, yeah. And so I, I think we look at what happens here every day and, and recognize that it's everyone's and not just ours. Um, and then just to, to be humble in your contribution. E each one of us contributes in different ways and to different degrees. And um, uh, to sit in and just simply be humble and recognize that, you know, what what you do isn't somehow better than the next guy, right? And, and to have mutual respect. Uh, respect for one another. Yeah, oh, that was mine. That Stole was my thunder there, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but you have to have a mutual respect. Do you want to add something to it? Well, I don't know. I think one thing as, as a dad is you need to learn to stay out of their way you know so like let's say the christmas late show when they started putting that thing together i thought oh my goodness what are we doing we're wasting time we're gonna do all this and all that work and people are coming through and somebody's gonna wreck their car and then and I'm they're gonna, gonna sue us and i think maybe the best thing you know is just to step back and just yeah. stay out of their way. But notice, he made the Christmas, it's still, it's still stuck in his crawl with that, with that the pancake grill. <laughs> That's right. The I'm not for that you know, <laughs> The pancake grill, we're not going there with the pancake fake grill. And what, what would you add? Yeah, I was going to say respect. I mean, you know, realize at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're family and sometimes you really have to draw a line between work life and personal life right. and, and uh, not take the work stuff personally. Personal. And, yeah, have this yeah, because degree, uh, some kind of separation to a degree yeah. helps. Yeah, so that's no that that's wonderful advice, and that's the common, the respect is the common denominator I've seen in in multi generational family businesses that have succeeded and have made a way forward, and uh, and I think it's wonderful. And I think that anybody who's listening could take that as a as a catalyst and look at whatever their own life is. They may not have a dealership, they may have a farm, they may have a trucking company, they have an eclectic audience, they may whatever, and uh, in the cattle business, we have rice farmers in Japan listening to this. So uh, the thing is that it's that mutual respect and also, even though you touched on it briefly, I'm gonna expand on it as we get ready to close, it's the Christian values. Right. Is that when, when, when you're doing things in life for the glory of the Lord, when you're doing things and recognize that, and I'm not saying that someone who doesn't have that same faith can't have that, but it just comes, so natural for you to do the right thing by your customers right thing by your family because when we, we all know as christians that one day we're going to be accountable for our actions our decisions and our thoughts before our savior okay. and even though we all make mistakes and we all sin but if we still have that core value and, and that's uh, and i you know i didn't know that you had those values all right but i gleaned from coming here for years that you did have those values. I didn't know to what level, but I was able to glean that. And, uh, and the only thing that I would say is you've got to keep the pancakes going a little bit longer. <laughs> because one day the Lord is going to ask you about that. You shut those, like, I came from New Jersey five days in a row and they shut the pancakes off, you know? So, but listen, um, it, would, would any of, as we get ready to close, it was a wonderful, wonderful time to get to know you. I know that my audience is going to love to get to know the Messick family, right? Messick family. And I apologize for mispronouncing it, but uh, the Messick family. 
And uh, once again, what is the website? How they could find you for parts? Messics.com. M-E-S-S-I-C-K-S. No Z. That's going to be your new advertising tagline. No Z. No Z, right. And For those in New Jersey. For those in New Jersey. Hey, you know, hey, we're going to go over to Messics. You understand what I'm saying? They got the hot dogs there. But you got to make Italian hot dog. You got to put potatoes and everything on it. So, But I think it was wonderful to get to know you. I know my audience is gonna love to get to know the people behind the light show, the people behind uh, the, the local people, but the people throughout the country and throughout the world who listen to the show. And I know that you will be an inspiration to those, and I know that you will give them a lot of thought for them to think about their life and the path that they do in their business or within their family. And you know, the whole thing basically is that whatever, wherever the Lord takes you in life, it, you don't have to have a dealership. You don't have to be a farm. But that mutual respect and that honor and to be able to hold your head proudly at the end of the day, even though the customer may not think that, you know what I'm saying? To hold your head proudly in the day is what it's all about. So I want to thank you so much for coming on today, taking your time. I wish you all the best with this gorgeous new facility. And if you're within 200 miles of here, because I came 200 miles, so you can. You gotta come and see this facility. It's drop-dead gorgeous. It's state-of-the-art. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a show It's a show place, and it's, it's really something to see. And to tell you the truth, I have not seen another farm equipment dealership like this. If it exists, it, it may, but I don't know it. So I wish you uh, God's blessings as you move forward. And uh, now, I didn't ask, but my wife is the kindergarten teacher. Do you have, you said you have children? Uh, eight and 13. Eight Two and boys. 13? Yeah, three of them. Ten, eight, and five. Ten, eight, and five. What about your other son? He's a little girl. Oh, he has one little, our only granddaughter. Only grow Oh, it's going to be the princess. <laughs> she is. She is. She's gonna, and, and, what, and what about your, your nephews? And, you know. uh, let's see. Brian has uh, two daughters. And how old are they? Do you know? Oh, gee. Oh, you embarrass him as an uncle. Embarrassing the uncle. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He, six, uh, six, six and eight. Probably okay, still young. That older than that. Twelve and eight. Yeah. Okay. Twelve and eight. And then Ethan is... Ethan is about 11 or 12. Yeah. And what about your niece? Let's see. Uh, she has two twins, and they're about eight years old. And Charlotte, the oldest. Charlotte, is, that's my wife's name. Oh, okay. Is uh, probably 10. Okay. 10 or 11. Now, with the boys, are they into the equipment at all? Uh, a little bit. To a, a degree. Little, yeah. To, to a degree. They're, they're not taking things apart. But, uh, Not taking things they, apart. They enjoy the equipment. They like sitting on it. But did you buy them that little tractor? Yeah, the, yeah, we've got oh, all the toys. I mean, yeah. they're like I bought my wife for the kindergarten kids. Did you get a blue one or a red one? Uh, the, the, the stuffed animal one? No, the one that they ride in with the battery. I went for my oh, lungs here. Oh, oh. At one point, we made our own. We had, we had, a, we had an RTV. <laughs> So was, I think it was a gator painted orange. Actually. It, was, it was a gator painted orange. There, Ooh, that's that. from the guy across the highway. <laughs> oh, we painted it orange and put new stickers on it, and uh, uh, tripled the battery voltage. So we oh, really okay. fast. Hot rod, hot rod. Absolutely, you, you would have been into go. that. You got a hot rod. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so much. And uh, who knows where we're going to be on the road to next week or next time? But it's going to be someone we know that's either passionate about farming or firing orders and as passionate as the Messick family is about their business and about their customers and about serving the Lord. 